and welcome to Twist Talks by Samantha Twist, where we talk about basically everything from careers, your home, relationships, health, and more. I cover just about anything you deal with in life. Hope you enjoy. Today I am talking to Megan Johns, the founder of The Green Kiss, an all-natural beauty store. In this episode, you can expect a lot of really good business advice. Let's get right into it. (laughs) Okay, so for those out there who don't know you, do you mind giving a brief introduction? Yeah, so my name is Megan Johns and I own and operate The Green Kiss, which is a green beauty company. Uh, We're based out of Victoria. Uh, We're an online store, um, but we do have a brick and mortar here in Victoria at Uptown. Um, I also am a singer, so I'm also half of a country duo called The County Line. And uh, right now we're not playing because of COVID, but um, it was a big, big part of my life and I've been balancing these two big um, dreams and careers for the last 10 years, basically. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a very creative. I love that it's singing on one side and then like starting a business and beauty on the other side. Those are huge. Yeah. What inspired you to get into Green Beauty? So I, before I opened this, I worked for my uncle's um, stores. He had a store here in Victoria, a store in Tofino and Whistler. And he was at the beginning of um, the, I guess you'd call it a trend, but a shift of um, doing business in a better way. So he's in the beginning stages of uh, eco-friendly businesses starting and um, values-based businesses starting. And I ended up working for him straight out of high school. Honestly, kind of begrudgingly working for what I thought of as my uncle's hemp store. Um, So he owned clothing stores that were all um, dealing with eco-friendly fabrics and fair trade practices. And within a month of working for him, it completely changed my life. And I knew that I wanted to start a values-based business myself didn't really know what. And at the same time as working for his businesses, I've always been a singer. So at that time I was in quite the cheesy Motown cover band um, and actually with my mom. And uh, I would work at Gord's store during the day and then get ready for my shows at night, slapping on all the stage makeup, never really thinking about it. And um, I ended up down in Arizona for a couple months on a little break from working for my uncle and ended up reading a book. And uh, the first chapter of the book, it was called The Virtuous Consumer. And the first chapter of the book was all about personal care products. So this was probably back in 2006 um, that I read this book and it completely changed my life. And I had one of those big aha moments of realizing what I wanted to do. I thought I was crazy that I had been selling eco-friendly clothing for so long and never realizing what I was actually putting on to my skin and therefore Mm -hmm. different percentages of what we put on our skin going into our bodies. And I knew I wanted it to make um, that one of my life's missions was to help reduce the amount of, to be blunt, the amount of crap (laughs) that people unknowingly put onto their skins and therefore mm-hmm. into their bodies. That's actually like quite a different way to stumble onto it than I think most people did. But that's, I guess you were like near the beginning because 2006 would have been like ne- pretty much near the beginning of the green beauty, right? 
Yeah, and there was really only, you know, you hear a lot of a lot of founder stories like this in the green beauty space, but at that time there was really only health food stores that were offering um a very limited amount of brands. Yeah. And they all had that kind of same like kind of chalky, you know, consistency. Um the products didn't perform as well as their conventional counterparts and yeah. there wasn't really also anyone that could help you really find what you're looking for. You'd be relying on um, employees of health food stores. And um, yeah, so I worked really hard on my business plan for quite a few years. And then the business actually started in 2011. Oh, wow. And then what do you think some of the, cause you notice like a lot of crap goes into your skin and percentages what do you think is the main thing people who haven't like made the switch don't realize about the products they're currently putting on their face? Yeah, so there's some really common um, ingredients that have been kind of the poster childs of, you know, the bad ingredients to watch for that like big operations have jumped on. So one of them would be parabens. So a lot of people will know that maybe, you know, looking for a paraben free product would be something that they might want to look for. Um, but they're actually, in my opinion, are some either equal offenders or maybe even worse offenders that don't have as much um, marketing around them yet. Yeah. And my main one that I feel is probably the worst um, is artificial fragrance. So artificial fragrance is going to be listed on a cosmetic or personal care product as either fragrance or perfume. And the, the issue with that is that it really is kind of a um, kind of a roll of the dice as to what is going to be in there. Mm -hmm. And often in uh, fragrance, they add something called phthalates. So that's spelled P-H-T-H-L-A-T-E-S. It's a weird word. Um, and phthalates are, um, they get added to fragrances so that they adhere to your skin, so they last on your skin for a long time. Mm. And there's direct research, um, and that's a big thing. A lot of ingredients don't have a lot of research around them yet, um, but there is direct research from um, connecting phthalates to endocrine disruption, so that's hormone disruption, as well as um, asthma, as well as different cancers. And so much so that in California, for example, they have a law that if something has phthalates in it, and it's not just um, cosmetics, it can be like mm -hmm. furniture or even plastic packaging, it's in soft plastics, yeah. um, some soft plastics. And in California, you actually have to have a warning label on your products. So for example, I bought like a TV table from Bed Bath & Beyond probably about six months ago. Mm -hmm. and on the TV table was a warning that this TV table could cause, um, I think it has a warning that says it can cause birth defects and cancer. And wow. that's to do with phthalates. Mm -hmm. So those are often lurking in um, fragrance and in that ingredient fragrance in your personal care products, even if something claims to be unscented, they mm -hmm. often actually still have fragrance in the ingredients list <laughs> oh wow yeah yeah I know some of my uh family members they gave their kidneys away well not both of them just one and <laughs> they're now like completely fragrance free because something in the fragrance probably the phthalates 
uh, is bad for people who only have one kidney. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you brought up a point that a lot of bigger corporations will say just sulfate free to make it look like they're being like more eco-conscious or green friendly. What do you think is a way people can be more aware of greenwashing in the beauty industry? Yeah, so it's a tricky one. Obviously, just being aware of it. Um, it does take time, and that's the annoying factor for the busy modern woman that um, mm -hmm. we all are um, to be able to actually take the time to flip that product over and read the ingredients list. And that really is the only way to get around it, unless you find a business like us or some of our um, competitors, so to speak, or I like to say like co, you know, we like co-opetition instead of competition. Um, but if you find a green beauty store like us that you can learn to trust and trust their buying guidelines and then shop with ease at a place like this, it's really, mm -hmm. it's really challenging. There's at, even at health food stores still to this day, like our buying guidelines are way stricter than what are in health food stores are what are in the clean it sephora program like mm -hmm. yeah lots of layers yeah i love that and it definitely helps to have people whose literal job is to find the clean product so you can just stop in and grab it easily yes and that work like mm -hmm. and that's the big thing is that so often people might just switch to something that's more natural which is wonderful to reduce your um it's called chemical body burden mm -hmm. or your top load but the thing is is that if you want to find like great um you know really effective skincare products if someone's been using a brand like skinceuticals for example and they want to get the same kind of results there are great brands on the market now in the truly clean green beauty space that are doing mm -hmm. wonderful things that offer those same results yeah oh, i love that and then circling back to starting a business, how was that when you first started? Like before you had your brick and mortar store, it was all online, correct? You used to, now Uptown's the second store, is that? Yeah, so we moved here. So how it's, I wanted to start online mm -hmm. um, because I knew how important getting all of my branding and everything was to be really dialed in and, and I knew from my experience with uncle, I knew how hard it is to get an online store going and your branding mm -hmm. dialed in and your marketing, et cetera. Once you have a brick and mortar open, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, you're pulled in many directions, but an opportunity fell on my lap to open a brick and mortar space within another store in Victoria, mm -hmm. actually, before I did open online. And um, that was the Good Planet Company in downtown Victoria. Mm -hmm. And and Alain, who started that business, they were um, really wonderful mentors to me. And they offered just literally an eight-foot wall of space. And it was right before Christmas. And I hesitated because I did want to start the online store first. But I also didn't know at all what I was doing with building an online store. Um, so I decided to jump on that. And yeah, when I first started, it was... it's. You know, we're about to celebrate 10 years in business this coming December, and it's taken this long to get to a point where we're just now starting to get a little bit comfier with, you know, cash flow and things like that. Like it really, 
this business mm-hmm. has been bootstrapped and a lot of hard work. I was a, a one woman show for a long time um, mm-hmm. within their store. And um, we, a big thing that happened back then too, is that it was actually really challenging to get the lines that I wanted to sell to me because I was brand new and I was mm-hmm. five when I was starting and I didn't have any experience in the beauty industry. Um, and we just started with two lines and that was it. (laughs) And then now fast forward to today, now there's, you know, so many product lines out there Mm -hmm. and actually really overwhelming (laughs) that we get asked to, um, products for here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I know I was listening to, do you have clubhouse by any chance? I don't, but I need to go on there and see what it's all about because I've heard so much about it. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to um, one of their live streams. It's like a constant podcast. And one person was saying that like the biggest cause for failures in business is even like a real like cause. It's people not holding out long enough. So past, like they said, it takes like a minimum normally of three or five years to start seeing like an actual return. And most people give up before three years. So that's quite interesting that it took about 10 years, but you guys seem really well set right now. No, thank you. What are some of the biggest business tips you know now that you learned along the way? Oh gosh. Um, First of all, everyone says it's going to be a lot of work, but it's a lot more work than you think. And (laughs) um, I'll say it overall. Um, advice or tip or theme that I've seen and gut feeling that I have is that while I think it's amazingly inspiring for people to start their own business and I do think that they should I do think that they should really understand how much it's going to (laughs) take before they before they take the leap it is it is so much more than what most people think especially if you're coming at it from the way that I did I this business is debt free um, Mm -hmm. which means that we've just slowly and steadily grown. Um, and that's the way that I chose to do things because I've seen so many businesses, you know, get massive loans or um, go away in debt in hopes of it all going to, you know, work out. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, So overall, I would just say it takes a lot of work if you are um, wanting to be, you know, more on that debt free side or or Mm -hmm. financial risk. Um, as far as tips go, I would say one thing that I'm very happy that I did when I, right from the beginning is that I was really clear about creating systems for the business, even if it was just me being the one that used them. So something as simple as receiving stock for a store, um, receiving that, a box of product from a vendor, being able to have like a checklist a sheet that actually is a full on system to make sure that you're catching any discrepancies, following Mm -hmm. up with the vendor. Um, And that was just me using Mm -hmm. that and filing away into my own bio. Now we've got an operations manager who uses and has improved upon those same systems, but it's allowed it to be a bit more seamless as we've grown. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge tip that I would say, um, kind of act There's a quote about that. I can't remember how it goes, but it's like, basically 
act like you're bigger than you are, like set things up as if you're bigger than you are, even if you're doing everything on your own. Um, and I am proud of a, a tip would be, you know, having setting out your core values from the beginning um, and sticking to them. There has been quite a few times where I've thought I should maybe waver on our buying guidelines because it's meant that we'll have a whole category of product that won't be here. For example, I'm carrying nail polish right now and lines is that everything needs to be biodegradable and like the actual formulas of the product need to be biodegradable. And even the nail polish line out there that say that they're like seven free or non-toxic or, mm -hmm. or whatever claims they're making, if they are still that basis formula of regular nail polish they're not biodegradable they're not natural mm -hmm. um so that's meant that there's this whole category of products that we don't have we've lost money so to speak on not being able to sell them yeah um but it's built the trust so mm -hmm. yeah oh, i love that i it's love just, yeah it's it's i'm happy mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, i'm just happy that you know i think that would be good to stay to your stick to your original vision <laughs> and values yeah i love that and then especially yeah then you have like maybe a few less customers but loyal customers who come back over and over oh that's great mm -hmm. and yeah. how did you approach marketing when you were more strapped for cash <laughs> um yeah, so that was a lot. Um, I basically decided that I would do everything that I could to get the word out there for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I would do is we had this eight foot, um, like I said, this eight foot space within the Good Planet company to start. We ended up moving and expanding a bit within their store. And then we didn't move here to Uptown until about two years ago, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but in the beginning few years, we had this eight foot space of all of our products like on a shelf. Um, and I would go and do home parties to um, spread the word about what we were doing and have people actually be able to use and feel the different products from the different brands that we carried. Mm -hmm. So at six o'clock, I would strip down the whole wall. I wanted people to actually take the products home with them. So I brought all the testers as well as all of the actual, like a couple items of each product, pack it all into tote bins, drive like a Corella DeVille style to like the house that I was going to, you know, host the home party at, created a little um, uh, deal with the, whoever's hosting the home party, they would get a percentage of sales back, just like mm -hmm. how those big multi-level marketing companies do um i would set up my laptop and open up this video uh that had an educational kind of piece to it that would intro the whole night mm -hmm. sell the products pack it all up that night get to the store the next morning before 10 a.m and set it all up so it was just oh, wow. stuff like that like it was scrappy um yeah. a lot of hard work and you know lots of community events um instead of another thing that i think a good advice tip for someone starting out i volunteered on the board of a nonprofit society um in victoria that does musical theater mm -hmm. and that originated just from my love of theater but it actually was a great way to network with people 
and who all use makeup, whether they used it during the day or not, they used it for stage. Um, and that was a great way to authentically build my network of customers in town mm -hmm. that I wasn't going to some like chamber of commerce, you know, pass your business card, shake hands, move on kind of thing. It was yeah. actually, you know, our customer potential customer base. Mm -hmm. And I was able to give back to our community by volunteering on the board, but also, um, you know, gain that network of customers that are still loyal to here to this day. So that's another kind of good little pointer for networking and marketing. That's definitely a lot of work to be unpacking, packing, and then unpacking again that wall. But yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a lot of work. Um, yeah. The idea, the thought of doing that now, I said this to our team the other day, I was like, that makes me want to like punch a wall or something, how like frustrated I get even thinking about that. Cause it was, it was so much work, but it was worth it. And I was so passionate, I still am passionate about what I do, but especially back then when you're brand new, yeah. every little sale counts, you know? Mm -hmm, exactly. And so as more green beauty companies are coming up and it's becoming more like talked about where do you see like the opportunities for green kiss and how do you like set yourself apart from not the competition but the the like other brands yeah so um there's a couple things like i've mentioned already a bunch our buying guidelines are a bit stricter than most other green beauty competitors mm -hmm. so we're a retailer of a whole bunch of different products, a whole bunch of different brands. We curate selection just the same as other green beauty businesses across Canada and the States do. But we don't carry anything with artificial fragrance, artificial dyes. Uh, we don't carry anything with phenoxyethanol as a preservative. I don't think it's the most horrible thing, but we've just decided to stay away from it. Um, and all of our formulas, like I said, with the nail polish thing need to be biodegradable. So those, there's other buying guidelines too, but those specific ones are typically what set us apart from other um, green beauty retailer competitors. Mm -hmm. um, our level of customer service that we offer is very high and that's a huge part of what we do. We work one-on-one -on -one with people to you know, design their own skincare routines, whether it's yeah. in-store or online. Um, and slowly but surely this was kind of delayed due to my split time to do with the band and the business but we because of covid i've mm -hmm. been able to fully um focus basically on the green kiss for the last year um but slowly but surely we are um starting to launch some of our own products with our own brand and we've developed different um trusted manufacturing uh relationships over the years with um different manufacturers and that is a huge thing for me to be able to do so that we can offer these kind of everyday products for family for women and their families um, that are accessible because if we are able to do it as our own brand typically um, the price point will be a little bit lower than having us as like the middleman between a brand yeah. and the consumer and that's super important to me because I just want, like I said at the beginning, our whole mission is just to have people reduce the amount of 
crap <laughs> that they unknowingly put on their skin and unknowingly maybe you're putting on their kid's skin or, or their partner uses, etc. So mm -hmm. um, to be able to release some products over the next few years under our own house brand that are a little bit more accessible, that's a big differentiator as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the first green beauty product I got was your guys's like the green kiss lip chap. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because my like lip gloss and whatever, like I go through it so fast. I was like, where does it like, is it going inside my mouth? Like, where is this going? So I was like, ah, this seems a little safer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, so you said before that when you started the green kiss, you didn't have much experience in the beauty industry. So if somebody wants to like build their network in the industry, but don't know anyone, where do you think they should start? Specifically in the beauty industry? Is that, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that's a challenging one, but I think the nice thing is that when I first started, this is making me sound old, but Instagram wasn't really a thing. Like mm -hmm. maybe it was, but no one really was on there and no one was using it to the same way yeah, that they use now. Yeah. Yeah. So having that grow the way it has and kind of create this level playing field for, you know, someone that's young and ambitious wanting to get into the industry being able to view content from, let's say even, you know, there's cosmetic formulators that are on there. Um, not only can you view their content, but it's actually level the playing field for being able to get in touch with those types of people. Um, so I would say, you know, social media is a good and bad thing, but it can be a really great tool for building a uh, knowledge base or, or network. So I think that would probably be my number one um, way just to kind of get your foot wet into everything. Um, yeah, it's tricky because there's not, you know, especially right now with COVID too, there's not like in-person mm -hmm. events happening. And even if they were, the industry is still pretty niche that there wouldn't, you know, we're here in Victoria, there wouldn't be something like that necessarily in Victoria. But mm -hmm. I would say, Honestly, yeah, Instagram and, um, you know, starting, having that as a starting point to kind of view a brand or someone that is in the industry, doing your research on their website and um, reaching out to people you never know who's going to actually get back to you. Yeah, oh, I love that. And so my last question before I give you a chance to like plug your socials is what would you tell your younger self if you could go back in time? Oh, um, I feel like I have been known from other people in my life to have a good sense of like intuition, instinct, my gut, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I would have agreed with that at the beginning of this business. And as things got so busy and so chaotic, and I had a lot of um, personal life life kind of changes and challenges along the way over the last nine years. Um, it can happen that you end up, for me, when things are so chaotic and stressful, you can kind of lose that instinct and that, um, 
you know, making decisions with your gut for me over the last five years became way more challenging than they were for the first five years yeah. of business, which just seemed backwards to me because I was older. Like when I first started this, I was 25. Now I'm 34. Um, so that was confusing to me. And I think the advice for that was would just be to slow down a bit um, and take the time to find that gut sense again and that kind of north star like your own personal north mm -hmm. star um and do work to get back to that because <laughs> that really is you know it's so important for everyone's got a different path and mm -hmm. that gut feeling is to me more important than who you know or what you know or or how your mind is thinking about things but you can't lose it and i don't think i realized that <laughs> Um, so being able to, um, yeah, slow down, do, do the self-care work. It sounds really ironic because I'm in that self-care industry, but it is the like first thing to go often. Right. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. No, I love that. Yeah. Because often, especially as life gets busier, that's the first thing people forget to do is take care of themselves. And then they wonder why they're running dry. Yeah, and you can't make decisions like so much. My days now are just filled with having to make decisions. That's like mm -hmm. I, I solve problems and make decisions. And um, it's hard. You can't make decisions when your brain is mush, when you're mm -hmm. in a chaotic, like stressed out state. Um, and that comes from obviously like work stress, but it also for me, it came from like personal life stress and, and yeah. there. Um, so to be able to do all the things that people talk about, like, you know, meditation, like I don't like it, but I will force myself to sit there sometimes and, um, you know, counseling and exercising and eating mm -hmm. well, all the things. <laughs> well, I love that. I think that's a great piece of advice. Would you like to plug any of your socials? Yeah, for sure. Um, so our Instagram handle is at the green kiss, just nice and simple. Uh, same with Facebook. We're definitely the most, um, engaged on Instagram than other platforms. And our website for ordering across Canada and the States is thegreenkiss.com. I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me and taking the time out of your day. I know yeah, it will be really hectic sometimes, especially having a business to run. So I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Have a great rest of your day, Megan. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you for listening to Twist Talks. I hope you walk away from this episode knowing something new. You can find me at samanthatwist.com, Twist Talks on Instagram, or Samantha Twist on YouTube.